time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody, welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! This is a show where we wake up with the Saturday morning sun, plop down the living room for the big bowl of sugary cereal, and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And this morning, we watched ALF, the animated series, also known as ALF Animated Adventures, also known as ALF uh, Life on Melmac. What? Yeah. That, it was na- known as that too? Or just ALF, I think. I I mean, it's it's gone by many things. But he doesn't even call himself Alf. It's Gordon. Yeah, exactly. We hear that in the theme song, actually. Gordon, the animated series. <laughs> <laughs> that just doesn't have the same ring to it. This was suggested to us by Bean Bunny via YouTube. Thank you, Bean. Um, and they were the ones that suggested Star Wars droids many moons ago. So thanks for continuing to listen and giving us more requests. So that's great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Even though you're the worst character on Muppet Babies. I think we even said that last time, too. Probably. Some things never change. So Alf the Animated Series ran from 1987 to 1989, created by Paul Fusco and Tom Patchett. And Paul Fusco actually was the creator and the voice of Alf. And he created the original live-action series as well. So this guy... It's pretty much the head of everything to do with Elf. This was produced by Deke Entertainment, Alien Productions, Lorimar-Telepictures, Saban Entertainment, Telepictures slash Paramedia, and Scott Free Productions. It was in the U.S. and Canada, ran for two seasons, 26 episodes on the NBC network. For a short synopsis, this show was a prequel to Elf, depicting Elf's life back on his home planet of Melmac. But like you said, not Elf, because Elf is the acronym for alien life form that they gave Alf as a nickname in the live action series. And his real name is Gordon Shumway. You know what is weird to me? I mean, I haven't watched the live action, but why would they call him Alf? I mean, he already has a very American like English name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then instead they call him something completely weird. Yeah. You know, I don't ever remember hearing his name was Gordon in the live action series. But right. I'm, I mean, I'm sure they said it at like early on, but I have no idea. I was thinking that same thing. Like, why didn't they just call him Gordon? That's a much more common name. Right. Exactly. Somebody dropped the ball here. Yeah. Way to go, Paul Fusco, 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 sir. So, so Chris, who are some of the actors who played in this show? All right. So the character of Gordon and his friend Rick were voiced by Paul Fusco or Fusco. And he has pretty much only done the voice of Alf exclusively. He he hardly has done anything else, but he has voiced Alf in lots of stuff. So I guess Alf has made a lot of appearances in other shows as well as his own, such as Blossom and more recently, uh, Mr. Robot, which is probably... Really weird to hear if you haven't watched Mr. Robot, but if you do, Alf will make an appearance, believe it or not. Nice. The voice of Skip was Rob Cowan. The voice of Rhonda was Tabitha St. Germain. And the voice of Larson Petty was Thick Wilson. Thick Wilson? Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's li- that's what he's named. Gotcha. Thick Wilson. 
I feel like, you know, and he was he was a hefty looking dude from the photo I saw. So I'm wondering if that was like self-fulfilling prophecy oh, man. sort of thing by his parents, if they named him Thick. <laughs> I don't know. It's but unfortunate. For that reason, always name your kid attractively wealthy whatever. Yeah, I wish my parents would have named me Rich or or maybe Buff. Buff, Or, yeah. s- or Smoking Hot. That should have <laughs> been my name. Smoking Hot. Smoking Hot, yeah. <laughs> Call me smoking hot from now on. From now on, you got yeah. it, smoking hot. Thanks. So, so, so for a few tasty marshmallows that are a big bowl of Elf cereal, uh, live-action Elf would appear at the introduction and conclusion of the episodes, reading fan mail and saying that this show is a response to a huge demand of people wanting to know what his life was like on Melmac. A huge demand? Do you think so? Mm, I feel like that's fake news. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is a real thing now. <laughs> Fake news is a real thing now. Oh, to preface this a little bit, just to preface the whole thing, I, and I didn't know this until I read about it a little bit, Melmac was actually, we come to find out in the live-action Elf series, was destroyed by nuclear war. So this is the only time we'll get a chance to even see life on Melmac. Alf or uh, Gordon is one of the only survivors. He's not the only survivor, but he's one of the only survivors of that planet. Oh, that's very unfortunate. So it's kind of a Superman origin sort of thing. Kind of. Except instead of like a big, strong, human looking dude, you got like a tiny, I don't know, I don't know what he is, like possum. (laughs) You've got a hairy little possum man who eats cats. It's like a a possum-sasquatch hybrid. (laughs) <laughs> I think that's what he is. Uh, it's gotta be. Uh, so, Gordon and Al from this series, is he's also one of the cartoon characters featured in Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue, which is a 1990 American animated drug abuse prevention television special. What? Yeah, star- <laughs> starring many of the popular cartoon characters from the time period, including the Muppet Babies, the Smurfs, and Winnie the Pooh. Okay, okay. Oh my god, wait. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's the name of that again? Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue, 1990. I'm writing this down so we can do this one soon. <laughs> we are going to do this. It's gonna oh, be, my God, it is real. It's just going to be a oh, huge mashup. Of, and the reason it's, it's Elf from this particular series is because it's got the Elf in his uh, trademark shirt or Gordon in his trademark shirt. And it looks like they also have... Um, Winnie the Pooh uh-huh. and Looney Tunes yep. and Slimer and Alvin and the Chipmunks and Huey, Dewey and Louie. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It was basically every popular cartoon in the 80s has come Our together field. to help prevent people from using drugs. The Ninja Turtles. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? This is so weird. I can't. How even, is this a real thing? I can't even imagine what the plot is like in this, but I have to know. Oh, my God. How is this real? Jot that down. We have to watch it one day. Doing it. Suggested by the world. Yes. When, when, exactly. we, I, when we bring I it on, it, we'll say it's a response to huge demand. Right. Huge. Huge. Just huge. Huge, <laughs> huge demand. demand. <laughs> huge. Big league. Yeah. So lastly, uh, this cartoon also had a spinoff series, Alf Tales, which featured characters from this series playing various characters from fairy tales. Yeah, that one I know about. You know what? I had never I never knew this had an animated iteration at all. I had never heard of the tales or this animated series version. You know, I did know that it existed because I think I remember having maybe catched a clip of it or two when I was a kid, but. 
I never watched it, though. I just knew of it. Like, I knew that there was an animated version. That's it. Yeah. That's all I know. Yeah. Well, let's let everybody else know about it while we go into our three episodes we watched for today's show. Very first episode. Well, actually, we did a little different this time because I think you were saying the the person who chose this Bean Bunny, all he suggested the first episode? Yes, he did. What's the point of that? We always watch the first episode. <laughs> Come on, Bean Bunny. Way to make him feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> Regret your decision. Oh, no. Okay, but So instead, we did the first episode, so you got what you wanted, yes. and we did uh, two episodes that you chose, correct? Well, one's the highest rated. Oh, okay. Yeah, we still did a highest rated, and then I chose the random. Gotcha. So the first episode that we watched for today's show, and I'll talk about it in a second, but it was called Phantom Pilot, Season 1, Episode 1, where an unlikely ally helps Gordon defend Melmac when the evil Larson Petty returns to invade the planet. I wonder if the... And I'm almost certain of it. It would be stupid if not. Phantom Pilot was a play on of this show's pilot and this show yeah. kind of coming out of nowhere. So it That's was like exactly a phantom. what I thought. Yeah. Because, I mean, this would be the pilot episode. And I'm like, oh, I get it. OK. Yeah. And it's kind of unexpected. So it's the Phantom Pilot. I get it. Yeah. Because I don't think anyone was expecting an ALF cartoon or, or wanting one. Even like, though there was a huge demand. Yeah. Huge. Huge. So it starts out where we see Gordon is, well, it opens up in the school. Um, I, I guess it's pilot school at this point. And Gordon is immediately late to school, who we know as Alf. And uh, we see him like trying to get ready. He's got like five minutes till school starts. He jumps out of bed and speeds over to school. But apparently he hasn't fixed his brakes yet. Right when the instructor calls his name, he crashes through the school like the wall and he's like, hey, I'm on time. Yeah. And then he immediately starts flirting with Rhonda, who <laughs> yeah. is a female version of whatever Alf is. And she's on the stage by the Sarge and he's kind of flirting and Sarge starts yelling at him. He's like, lighten up, Sarge. I'm flirting. Yeah. And this Sarge made me laugh because he's like, you're flirting with death. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, dude, Rhonda's kind of cute, honestly, for a possum Sasquatch. Like, she's got this really tall, like, pink hair. And I'm like, if one of them can be cute, she's kind of cute. I think I was just about to say she looks just like Alf, except or he looks like Gordon with pink hair pasted on her head. But I mean, she also has makeup. Oh, OK. The makeup. No, that does it for you. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Sasquatch possums. <laughs> she had long. Yeah, she had long eyelashes. OK. Yeah. Uh, she's a cute Sasquatch uh, possum. I'll give it another look. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> you know what? What was weird to me is that, and this is me digging way too deep into this show, but like why they all have American or I don't want to say American, but you know, English names and, and earthen names when they don't even know earth exists because at this point in time, they don't know that any other life exists in the universe. Because they addressed that in another episode. So I'm like, where did they get these names that, that sound like ours? But then when Alf does get to Earth, they call him something completely different. So do they have Earthen names or do we have Melmachian names? I, I would say that they have Earthen names. Because, I, I mean, obviously Earth was established once Alf got here, you know? But they didn't know about it at that point, right? Exactly, right. Mm. It's mm. weird. It's a chicken or the egg kind of situation really is this is gonna keep me up at night <laughs> oh uh 
Remember at the end of the last episode where I was like, I hope they talk about eating cats. Yes. I got that and so much more than I expected. (laughs) That's like all they talk about is eating cats. It is every other joke is about eating a cat. And yes, I I liked it. I mean, I found it comical because that's what I was hoping for. But I'm like, (laughs) how are they going to mix that in a kid's cartoon? But they managed in kind of a clever way, I guess. Like they would, yeah. they would have like, um, uh, in, they would introduce meals that were called something like, like for instance, filet mignon in this was called like feline mignon. And so yeah. they would just like throw little cat puns into everything. So I they're not directly like, saying like we're eating yeah. or you don't ever see them like eat a cat, but you hear it enough to where you know what their primary meals are. Yeah. There was like tabby cakes yeah was another meal i think they were making so it's literally like every meal i don't think they eat anything but cats yeah i think so too you know so this really surprised me about this cartoon is that it was very military which was interesting like alf is basically like you said in like a flight school he's he ends up being kind of like a janitor basically for their military or or their academy or whatever it is um and there's, you know, he's surrounded by pilots and stuff. He does pilot ships a little bit, but, you know, kind of training and he's not good. Oh, no. Um, at all. That's <laughs> something really good that's actually something I liked about it was he's not like some like crack shot or uh, ace pilot or anything like he's he's lazy and he's just bad at his job. And yeah. it's just circumstances that get him aboard those ships as a, a gunner or a pilot. Exactly. He's kind of a loser, honestly, but like a loser with a lot of ego. Oh, so so much. He's basically the worst kind of person. (laughs) But (laughs) he's uh, he's got a good, I guess, group of I don't know about a good group of friends, but he's got a group of friends. He's got Rhonda, who he flirts with constantly and goes on dates with. He's got Rick. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Kind of cowardly. And then he and then he's got another friend. He's got another friend named Skip. Yeah, Skip. That's what it was. So, yeah, he's he's got several friends to kind of keep him grounded and stuff because they they do call him out on stuff, especially Rhonda, like constantly calls him out when he's doing something dumb or making mistakes. Oh, yeah. She keeps him in check, but she does like him. So he doesn't get enough like slaps on the wrist as he should. Oh, he gets away with stuff. Yeah. The the primary villain, I think of the entire series, but at least of this episode and uh, another one that we watched, Larson Petty. This guy is a dude pulled straight from Captain Planet, basically. Like, they had names like that, too, like uh, Loot and Plunder and stuff. Larson Petty, come on. That's like Petty Larson. Like, it's exactly this guy. And his his whole thing is he wants to, like, litter the universe with garbage. Like, that's and his weapons are trash bags like or, you know, garbage bags full of trash. So. This, it's basically like this came before Captain Planet, though, so I can't help but feel like Captain Planet took some ideas from this dude. Oh, man, that's hard to believe. <laughs> Ooh, what were they thinking? Uh, what's interesting, the reason that like he becomes kind of um, Gordon's main nemesis is Gordon ends up being assigned as um, basically a trash collector. <laughs> like he basically becomes the the garbage man of their planet. Yeah. Um, and even at some point, not in this episode, but ends up working on a space, a space station where he goes out and collects trash. Um, so, yeah. So somebody trying to litter and he is his job becomes all about preventing littering and stuff. So, yeah. But in this first episode, he gets kind of dragged into a ship to pilot one for uh, Colonel Can't Fail. 
Like that's literally his name yes. is Colonel Can't Fail. Colonel Can't Fail. And uh, he uh, Can't Fail mistakes him for this guy named Flugason, and uh, he's like, "I'm not Flugason," but he just drags him aboard anyway. And so he's his uh, terrible pilot, and he. His job is to basically chase down these petties group. He's supposed to, you know, track them down because they're invading Melmac. And uh, so he initially what he does is he I guess one of their weapons is like a it was it like a plunger type thing where yes. it sticks to the other ship. Yes. And yes, it was. Yeah. So he, he accidentally uses that and sticks to the ship and then is kind of failing at doing what he's supposed to do which is stopping the ship and they're flying him straight into a trap and then we get this uh mysterious pilot this phantom pilot quote unquote that comes flying in i mean immediately you kind of know who it is and she basically frees the ship from the plunger that's stuck to the other ship with and sends the enemy ship off into the other group and so we feel like or at least I thought it was over at that point as far as the invasion goes. But then they come to invade again, and that brings up right. the second half. Yeah, they just get invaded a second time because the guy's, guy didn't know when to claim. And uh, I do got to say that Larson Petty um, is really gross looking. Oh, yeah. He basically, he's like one of the aliens like Alf, but looks like he's been shaved. And <laughs> it looks super gross. Ugh, it's like a naked mole rat mixed with whatever um, yeah. Gordon's race is. It's so nasty. Yeah, yeah. So it just makes him even more, you know, unlikable. It's no wonder he just hates the world. Right. He's a bad guy because of how he looks. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, again, the Phantom Pilot comes in to save the day a second time. And again, again Gordon accidentally gets dragged in as the co-pilot because... Uh, what she the way she introduces it to these people is she's at the flight school and she's like I need a co-pilot and you might not come back like you might die on this mission and everybody else runs off but Gordon's so infatuated with the idea of this phantom pilot he's like uh, starry eyed in front of her and doesn't move so she's like all right you volunteered and drags him aboard so he becomes a co-pilot and uh the one of the first things he does is eject her from the pilot seat which I thought was funny (laughs) yes (laughs) Yeah, she's like telling him to hit something and he's like, oh, the red button and presses it and she gets ejected right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. So he's trying to fly the ship and um trying to remember what he did. He like he doesn't hit Lars Petty or Larson Petty's ship, but he almost does. And I think that causes Larson to go off course a little bit and pay attention to him. I think Larson begins to chase him and they end up flying into the city because this is logical where Gordon sees a a um like coffee and donut shop with a giant cup of coffee with a donut being dunked into it on top. Mm-hmm. So of course he gets out of his plane, dances around on top of the donut until Larson Petty just starts flying towards him. And then he like jumps out of the way. Larson Petty's ship crashes into the cup of coffee and gets him wet. And then he's defeated. Yeah, it's pretty much it. <laughs> well, I actually, I liked the way that that played out because of, I liked the, uh, it was Dunny's Dunkeria was the the restaurant, I guess. And I thought it was pretty funny that the, the way that he was able to stop him was just using that advertisement, that big billboard thing. Yeah, I can see it. Like that's, you know, that's something though that I, I feel like is kind of a trope in cartoons because I, I feel like I've seen this before and, in, in other shows like the big advertisement on top of 
a coffee shop or something like that and it's full of coffee yeah i mean it was interesting and it was it was kind of goofy and it was good for kids but i was just like nah, I've, I've seen this one i know how this is gonna play out <laughs> even even at the end of the episode though gordon doesn't understand that Rhonda is the phantom pilot yeah because he i don't know what he says but she's just like i'll give you a hint like Rhonda's saying this to him and she winks at him and he's like is something wrong with your eye <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> So he has no idea still at the end of the episode, and that kind of wraps that one up. And that jumps us over to the second episode we watched for today's show, which was Tough Shrimp Don't Dance, season one, episode 12. And in this one, Gordon Shumway must rescue an alien shrimp race called the Muckluckians from Larson Petty with some unlikely help from one of their own. This episode I really liked. And was this the highest rated one or was this the one you chose? This was the highest rated episode. Okay, I could see that because I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was clever, even the way that the Muckluckians used those balloon things. Like at first I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. But then it grew on me and I was like, that's cool. Like, I love that that's being a defenseless, basically shrimp people. <laughs> this is their thing. Like they are, you know, masters of the skies, I guess. Not really because you can easily tell. But I guess in the w- world that they're in, like, I-, I guess they blend a little bit better as these balloon people that they become. Yeah, so what's going on is there's this alien race of little shrimp people. Gordon's race does not know that there is any other race out there in the world. So they're never expecting aliens or anything like that, you know. So these shrimp people are basically exploring and they're kind of like scientists, you know. They're they're gathering data and, and trying to see what's going on. They find Gordon's race and they infiltrate the space station he's on. For collecting garbage and they bring these balloon devices with them it's like they press a little button and then the balloons make the the appearance of whoever they need and then inside of the head of these balloons are these controls and a voice changer that matches the person that they're imitating so then this little shrimp um, basically, first of all, replaces his friend Rick and they they kidnap him and put him on their ship so they can study him. So this one little shrimp is in the little Rick balloon thing. And Gordon does not realize that it's not Rick because <laughs> it sounds like Rick. It's looks like Rick, though. He looks very shiny. Yeah. And maybe a little bloated um, and just kind of continues on as usual. And the little shrimp's just kind of like hanging out and seeing what's what. What I liked about it especially was I don't think those balloon, uh, the balloon constructs blink at all. So they're just blankly staring. And I just thought it was so funny to watch while people are conversing with these basically giant statues. Right. So basically, Gordon does sense that there's something goofy about Rick, but he thinks he's just been cooped up too much. So they go to like a mall. And while they're in the mall, basically something happened that caused Rick's balloon to deflate. And so the little shrimp comes out and, and attacks Gordon and starts dragging him away yeah. to um, throw in a shuttle and, and send him back off into, into space. But <laughs> this is what I thought was weird. It was as he's dragging him through the hallway, like this is a normal hallway in like within like a cafeteria of a mall, right? And on the wall, you see a fire extinguisher, okay, a rope, eh, it's a little out of place, but all right, and then a battle axe <laughs> just <laughs> hanging on the wall as they go by. And I was like, what? <laughs> so your emergency battle axe. So Gordon, he's kidnapped by the shrimp, uh, 
I, what I didn't get, I guess, is how nobody really like noticed he was being dragged off or helped him. I don't think anybody cared. Well, okay, that's because <laughs> it's Gordon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're just kind of. I mean, because they, you can see they're animated where they're watching him. Yeah, and they're just like, huh. Well, okay. Yeah, I guess because they they can't see the shrimp or anything, so they're just like, well, this is normal. Yeah, they're just like, okay, he's doing something weird. That's Typical fine. Gordon. Then this shrimp, of course, turns into balloon Gordon. And uh, tr- they actually try to launch him into space or this this shrimp actually tries to launch him into space on this like, uh, I don't know, this weird little almost like phone booth thing that just is specifically made to launch junk into space. And uh, that fails just because it's a poor craftsmanship on the ship itself. And then we jump over to Rick, who's been, you know, kidnapped by the shrimp people and he's kind of talking their ears off and you can tell they're really bored with them. He's explaining that there's 27 days in a Milmac week and the sky's a different color every day. And he's just giving them all this basic information. They're just like, uh, stop <laughs> yeah. talking. Like later on the episode, they're playing charades. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you can tell that the shrimp people don't care. Cause they're just like, um, a bird, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> things like that. The fake Gordon, which is the shrimp, is on a date with Rhonda. Oh, yeah. They're at a drive-in movie. And Gordon finds out what's going on because he goes home. And his parents are like, you were just here. Like, you just left to go on your date with Rhonda. And he's like, no. So he goes over there and he, he wants to save the day. But for whatever reason, just kind of hangs back and lets it play out for a little bit. <laughs> and the shrimp is using these pickup lines that Gordon did come up with and was going to use. But they were not good. And Rhonda slapped him. Then, like, she kind of left to go get some food. And when she came back, the real Gordon was there. And he was trying to explain because he had deflated fake Gordon, pulled the shrimp out, and he had it in his hands. And he's trying to explain, oh, no, it wasn't me. It was this shrimp. And Rhonda gets all mad and she goes, (laughs) get out of the car and take your dead shrimp with you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is a quote to remember. The shrimp. The shrimp is just playing possum, basically. Right, exactly. He, he, like, he's not responding or anything, so she thinks he's literally just holding a dead shrimp out. That was a pretty <laughs> funny scene. That was good. Um, and the, the movie that they're watching is Muscle Man. Yeah. And I just bring that up because it's going to come back into play um, in a little bit. Yeah, almost almost immediately after. Yeah, yeah. the, uh, the pickup lines you were talking about were, they were all food-related, too, like... Apparently, Gordon's big pickup lines or his best pickup lines have to do with comparing a woman to food in some way. I mean, who doesn't, though? Well, true. I wish I could remember some of them. I think she got compared to like a fine cheese or something. I always tell my girlfriend, I'm like, you look like a delicious pasta with a savory butter sauce. (laughs) What was the name I was supposed to call you? I already forgot. Smoking hot. Smoking hot. Typical smoking hot. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) smoking hot (laughs) that's me Uh, what if that was my voice what if my name was smoking hot (laughs) but i always talk like this that would be great hey (laughs) that would be awesome sweet as a savory butter sauce (laughs) how would you introduce yourself to people like that i would pull up in a convertible in my leather jacket (laughs) and like as the wind's blowing my hair back casually like slowly pull off my sunglasses and be like, hey there, I'm smoking hot. <laughs> I would just love hop to hop s- in. <laughs> hop in. I would just love to see that in action. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Just, a, just as a joke, just to see what would happen. Record that, <laughs> stream it somewhere. Perfect. If only I had a convertible, 
we can make this happen. <laughs> That's what's stopping us. Any listeners, if you want to send us a convertible so you can see this, let we us know. We will absolutely make this video if someone sends us a convertible. We'll send you a P.O. box to, to send the car in. It'll it'll fit in there. So uh, what is the guy? Larson, he sends his... Like, again, they are... They're not invading anything this time. They're just trashing the galaxy. Or that's their plan anyway. So he sends his co-pilot Sloop out. And uh, Sloop's like, only if I can bring Commander Crud with me. And it's just this little toy of Commander Crud, I guess. And so he, again, that sounds like a Captain Planet enemy. But, you know. Yeah, it does. I digress. He he takes that with him. And uh, Gordon, who he confronts with it, is like, you know, what this is you came with a toy like this is all you have and he like shoots a, a i don't know a projectile out of it and he's yeah. like oh okay so commander crud is a weapon right <laughs> and then they uh after they capture gordon he uh he comes back on the ship and i think he requests a commander crud torture kit yes he does which i'm happy to know is a real thing <laughs> <laughs> and then the the little shrimp guy he sneaks out when all this is going on because he's kind of bonded with gordon to an extent now, and the other little shrimps are captured. So they're all being held hops, ho- hostage. They're all being <laughs> held hostage. And the, the one little shrimp sneaks out and he comes back as muscle man, like this really big, muscly superhero dude. Larson Petty's like, ah, muscle man. And they get all kind of scared and stuff like that. But they quickly realize that it's not the real muscle man. And that muscle man's probably not actually real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Larson and, Petty, uh, he sees the the shrimp in Muscle Man's eyes. Through the eyes, yeah. He pops it in some way, or or he expands it. I can't remember which. He just keeps like he keeps hitting it. Yeah, and it's like you know exactly what you would think would happen in something inflatable. It keeps like sucking in, and you know it's not really able to do any damage to the guy. Yeah, and then what is it that he does that uh, he starts the suit starts expanding? Do you remember? Yeah, so something gets damaged inside of the, um, well, he's, he, the little shrimp gets knocked around a little bit, and he hits something inside the controls, with, which damaged it, and the suit starts rapidly expanding to the point where it's, like, filling up the that little cockpit or whatever area they're in. Yeah, that's right. And then they are still on uh, Petty's ship, so it's expanding, it's you know, going to explode inside the ship. The rest of the shrimp and uh, Gordon and crew are able to escape that ship, eventually get back to Melmac, and they're sitting in this diner, and this is a diner that uh, is pretty much every episode. This is their their diner. This is their meeting place. Oh, and they made up with the shrimp people by this point, and, like, the shrimp people left. So it's um, Rick and... Gordon go to the diner and they meet Skip and Rhonda there. Mm-hmm. Well, Rick doesn't show up yet, and and Gordon's trying to explain what was going on and why he was acting so strange and that it wasn't actually him and all this stuff, and they don't believe him. And then Rick's coming in and they're he's like, "Oh, Rick, explain this." But the shrimp people up in their ship are like, "Okay, people can't know of our existence," so they shoot this laser down and erase Rick's memory right before <laughs> he can explain. That yes, this really happened. So he has no idea what Gordon's talking about. And then I think they they aimed for Gordon, but they missed and hit somebody else. Yeah, um, it, they they hit a spoon and it reflects off of Gordon, or it reflects off of the spoon and hits a waitress. So she's yeah. like, "I don't remember what you ordered. What did you order again?" Like she forgets yeah. this order she's taking. Then Gordon and Rhonda go out on a date to Perspiration Point. 
Well, yeah, they said that that's, and you know what that's going to be. Hey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but one line, and this is another line by Rhonda in this episode that I thought was funny, was that she's basically telling him not to exaggerate or show off, you know, because she thought he was trying to show off and, and be stupid and stuff. And that's because he likes her. And she's like, I already like you, you know, basically telling him not to show off and stuff. And then she's like, just be you. You don't even need to speak French. Wait a minute. How do they know about French? <laughs> if they don't even know that Earth exists. This is fake news, people. <laughs> it's fake. It's all fake. CNN. <laughs> so that jumps us over to the third episode we watched for today's show, which was Hooray for Mellywood. Season two, episode seven. And this one was the one Chris chose. Yes, I chose this one. And the reason I chose it was because I feel like every cartoon from this era had that Hollywood type episode. So knowing that that was kind of a trope that every cartoon kind of goes through at some point, I wanted to see how this one handled it. That's fair. Yes. And that's the reason it was chosen. Nice. And this one, a movie crew has come to Melmac to film the life of Gordon Shumway. Not really. But will Gordon himself end up a huge star or on the cutting room floor? Okay, so that doesn't really describe the episode well. What really happens is Gordon is reading a script to his friends for his screenplay called Yo Ma, where and and he's reading it to his friends. He gets to the end and Rick starts crying because he's a big fan of or he always cries when the hero gets the mother in the end. Right. Which is a weird thing to say. Yeah. (laughs) Then uh, on TV, this movie, well, they're talking about a little bit this movie called Gut Squisher, which is kind of one of their. I, I guess hardcore action movies that yeah the equivalent of like Die Hard or something yeah and it's got a ton of sequels they're on like seven. Gut Squisher seven or eight yeah. and they uh, they're showing one of them on TV we find out that Gordon has entered this into a contest to be you know to be directed by Herschel Mucus who is the Gross. person who created and uh, uh, I, I guess directs gut squisher movies as well herschel calls to tell him he's one that he's going to come and film on location this uh his movie yo ma and uh so gordon's excited everybody else is excited but we hear kind of we we can tell almost instantly that herschel mucus is up to no good or that he has something else up his sleeve yeah herschel is like that default skeezy hollywood you know, agent or director type stereotype where he's, you know, always wearing sunglasses. He's older. He's got like a big old nose and he's just um, constantly just saying what people want to hear and immediately going behind their backs and doing other stuff and just, you know, playing everything off. So like he keeps changing the script and just say, oh, I'm just just a tiny change, a teeny tiny change. Um, but he does it at every turn. So the, the movie is turning out nothing like what it was going to be. And it basically it's becoming gut squisher eight because they eventually bring in the guy that plays gut squisher to replace Gordon. Yeah. And this guy is obviously a play on Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep. He's like, I am the gut squisher. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, all Gordon's friends get recast as these other stars too. As I say, I do like the, the actress that's playing Rhonda. Because her name is Valerie Undergarment. <laughs> yeah. 
I can't remember what I know the Arnold Schwarzenegger guy's name was Ron. I just can't remember what his last name was. It wasn't anything like Schwarzenegger, but it was uh, no. it was probably another kind of clever play on name like that. I don't remember if it was actually like a pun or not, but yeah, his name was Ron. Mm-hmm. But he uh, he has a pretty obviously a big part in this episode, but he kind of goes very back and forth on whose side he's actually on. He's in it to expand his career and make a movie and he gets very he's always looking for motivation like what's his motivation right. to do some certain scenes we find out quickly that herschel mucus is mainly using this as an excuse to like you said make the next gut squisher movie but also to use gordon's town as the set and destroy it instead of destroying a perfectly good movie set basically is right. what he says so he's he's doing that while Gordon's realizing what's happening. He's trying to talk Ron into doing something else. Like he's showing him the original script and he's like, hey, you want to be a more versatile actor. Why don't you try doing this instead? But Herschel is holding something over oh. uh, Ron, which is his cuddly naptime aardvark. Yeah, I thought that <laughs> was hilarious. This, yeah. this is little stuffed aardvark that I guess Ron sleeps with. Ron's actually a really sensitive guy and he's like crying and stuff because no, of not my cuddly nap time aardvark. So then he, he does whatever Herschel says because he's worried about his aardvark. <laughs> so he basically, I mean, they, they destroy quite a bit of the town and including the diner. Like they shoot a scene where he pulls out like a morning star and just starts destroying the diner. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's pretty intense. Oh, I was gonna say their next plan is to destroy uh Gordon's house. Like that's the scene of the next the next right. scene in the movie. That's his next plan to destroy it. So Rick, dressed up as a um, I guess a a woman, hands out these maps to maps to the star. Like you would find in Hollywood, where it's like maps to the the stars' houses. Right. And since Gordon's the only person who's famous in that town. It's like there's only one house on there and it's obviously misleading them to a different place. In this case, it leads to the airbase where Gordon actually attends flight school. So the plan is that they're going to go there, start destroying the base and then be taken out by the military. But instead, that goes awry while that starts happening and uh, Ron starts to destroy or starts to, you know, attack the buildings and stuff. These Melmac planes come out. And start to fire at him. But then the director still like he's thinking this is brilliant and this is genius. And so he's shouting at the planes and telling them like, you need to fly this way and start bombing the airbase. And so he's like, well, he's a director. And so they they start (laughs) doing that. And so they're actually helping him out. So Gordon's plan does not work out as he planned. So then Gordon tries a new tactic in which he tries tricking Herschel by saying, you know, you want to do like the biggest movie ever. He's like, the ultimate thing you do is like make the movie that destroys itself. And so he's giving Herschel tips like because he's like, oh, that sounds real good. And so he's like, OK, destroy the lights. And then he has Ron go destroy the lights and then starts destroying um, other pieces on set. And then he's like, eat the camera. <laughs> yeah. Then Ron literally eats the camera. Yeah. Uh, he's like, what's my yeah. motivation? He's like, uh, you're hungry. You're hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> OK. All right. One thing that Gordon says in like every episode is that is the thing that Alf says in the show, which is, ha, I kill me. And I'm like, dude, you kill me, too. Yeah, it's you kill me, too. It always feels really like misplaced. Mm. Like it's very forced at the end of episodes. Always. Yeah, 
it's yeah they're really phoning that in yeah well chris looks like it's about time we send our inner kids to outer space on a ship rigged to crash land on the planet melmac and see what they thought of alf the animated series and sustaining themselves on fancy feline feast Alfred Gordon, or or whatever his name is, he wasn't very funny, but some of the stuff that happened to him were funny, and Rhonda was really cute. If I were going to have an alien girlfriend, I'd want it to be Rhonda. I gave this cartoon three bowls of cat fudge cereal out of five, but now I have to go because I'm grounded for eating our neighbor's cat. Bye! As ridiculous as the premise of this cartoon was, I think I actually sort of liked it. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't a masterpiece by any stretch of the imagination, but I give it a lot of credit for not molding itself to be a mirror image of the original series. Melmac was an interesting culture to explore, and the liberties the creators were able to take within the vast, unexplored sections of space made for some uniquely entertaining storylines. Even if Gordon's character got a little annoying at times, and the show didn't really do anything groundbreaking, I still give Alf the Animated Series 3.5 big bowls of Meow Mix cereal, now made with real meows, out of 5, if you like the live-action show, this cartoon could make for a good companion series and may actually be more entertaining than the real show for kids. In closing, even though I'm not really a cat person, I like them okay, but now I wonder if I'd like them more with a side of tater tots. They pair well with tater tots. Yeah, apparently. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Now, I hate to break it to you, though, but I, I think eating cats is still illegal or at least heavily frowned upon. I don't technically know if it's illegal. If, if you shave the tail, you can pass them off as a possum. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any final thoughts about ALF animated series and all the other names it has? <laughs> uh, final thoughts. It had its place and it gives you what I did like about it a lot was that it does give you kind of a good background on Alf's origin. If you wanted to see it, I don't know that the demand was as high as they said it was, but it did last for two seasons and you did get a good kind of description and kind of interesting storylines involving Alf. Personally, I don't know if you need to watch any more Alf than you see in the live action series, but if you, for whatever reason, feel like you do... This is the perfect way to do it. And I think they did a fine job with what they had. Yeah. You know, honestly, I felt pretty neutral about this cartoon. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Didn't really like it or dislike it. But compared to other shows we've watched, I couldn't really rate it any higher than a three. Um, Gordon as a character was okay, but to me, it felt really basic in that not a lot stood out about his character, whereas the characters around him had a lot more personality that was developed. I won't be watching any more of this, but I am interested in seeing the other ALF cartoon and now definitely interested in seeing the one with uh, him and all the other cartoon characters trying to keep people off of drugs. <laughs> yes. Again, thank you, Bean Bunny, for suggesting this. This was a interesting. I don't remember what we rated droids, but I think it was about like this. I, I will say, though, that droids gave me one of the hardest laps I've ever had watching a cartoon. Which one was that? Do you remember? Or no, wait, never mind. That was an Ewoks. That was Ewoks. Never mind, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> that was... scratch, scratch that. Because I remember in Ewoks, it was a spot where that the, the like uh, that commander screams like in a really <laughs> inhuman scream. <laughs> I can't even do it. Yeah. I can't do it justice. No, there's no way we can yeah. do it justice. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> Well, listeners, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry, so it's time for us to say goodbye. And next week, we'll be watching Justice League Flashpoint Paradox, suggested via Twitter by Nico from New World Nerds, which are really awesome. Check out their YouTube, New World Nerds. They're really cool guys. We met them at a convention several months ago, and they're great. So check out their stuff. They're funny. Yeah, thanks for suggesting that, too. Thanks, guys. 
All right. Well, once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm smoking hot. We'll see you next Saturday. Hop in. <laughs> Presented by NerdSloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.